to hold another human being against their will, to use them, abuse them, exploit them, and sell them, all for your own profit, is one of the worst things human beings could do to each other. Often referred to as modern-day slavery, human trafficking is a truly heinous crime rooted in greed, control, and the utter disregard for the dignity and well-being of another person. It can be difficult to understand human trafficking, perhaps even overwhelming to comprehend why traffickers do what they do, or how could this even happen on such a large scale. And it is scary to imagine someone you love being stripped of their humanity and subjected to the ruthless treatment endured by so many victims right here, right now. Now, there is a lot of inaccurate information out there about human trafficking, and a lot of that misinformation is being shared by people with good intentions, people who care about the well-being of children, who worry about the plight of trafficking victims, and who want to see justice served against traffickers. But regardless of the intent, misinformation about human trafficking threatens the important work of the anti-trafficking movement. And conspiracy theories can take off like wildfires through rapid sharing on social media. They distort truth in ways that can actually put victims and bystanders at greater risk. And that's why I'm so excited that on this episode of Driving Freedom, we're going to discuss conspiracy theories and sex trafficking. Why are there so many of them? How do they spread so quickly? Why are they dangerous? And most importantly, what are the best ways to get accurate information so that you, the professional driver, can make a difference along our nation's roadways? Hello everyone, my name is Helen Hofer, and I'm the Freedom Drivers Project Director for Truckers Against Trafficking, or TAT, and you're listening to our podcast, Driving Freedom. On the show with me today are Annie Sovic, Director of TAT's Busing on the Lookout program, and Lexi Higgins, Busing on the Lookout Specialist and TAT Social Media Manager. Annie and Lexi, welcome to Driving Freedom. Thanks, Helen. Great to be here. Yes, very excited. When we first started talking about the possibility of doing this episode, it just clicked right away. We needed to start talking about this so that our drivers out there, people out on the road, could know the accurate information of what to look for and what to do about it. So I'm really excited to be here. Lexi, can you start with a quick overview of TAT's work and why myths and misinformation are such a concern for us? Truckers Against Trafficking is really all about educating, equipping, empowering, and mobilizing members of the trucking, bus, and energy industries about human trafficking because we truly believe that together we can play an important role in helping to combat trafficking. And that mission starts with the word educating. So making sure that our audience really understands the realities of sex trafficking is essential to accomplishing our goal of building that well-trained mobile army of transportation professionals across the country in U.S. and Canada and equipping them to be able to move from passive bystanders to active disruptors and change makers on the issue. So they can't do that if they're getting bad information from other sources that drives them to look for the wrong signs and possibly overlook the right ones. So that's why we really want to make sure that we're addressing the misinformation that's out there so that our professionals have the right information to be able to take action when they are in the situation to do so. We're all listening to this podcast because we want to end trafficking, right? And so no one wants to have the misinformation and be looking for the wrong thing, and nor do they want to slow down the work of the anti-trafficking movement. So can you guys actually elaborate on that a little bit more? Can you talk about some of those common myths about human trafficking, especially in the U.S. context? Helen, as you mentioned, there are a lot of misunderstandings about human trafficking. One that comes to mind is that trafficking frequently gets falsely equated with smuggling. 
even though the crime of trafficking doesn't necessarily involve a border crossing or even movement. Victims can be trafficked in the town where they were born and raised, even out of their own homes. But the law does not distinguish between U.S. citizens and immigrant victims. The core of trafficking or that core element is the sexual or labor exploitation for profit. Another one of the most common myths and the one that I want to emphasize here because it is one that seems to get replayed so often in major conspiracy theories around human trafficking is this tendency to conflate trafficking with kidnapping. Rarely, rarely are we talking about a kid being snatched off the street by a stranger lurking in the shadows. Far, far more commonly, there was some pre-existing relationship between a victim and their trafficker. So those relationships may have started online. They could be an intimate partner or family member. It could be a person offering a helping hand. In many ways, it's because of these relationships and the ways in which savvy traffickers will get to know their targets before victimizing them, that traffickers don't need locked doors or chains to keep the victims compliant. Instead, they learn about their victims' hopes, dreams, fears, disappointments, and will then effectively weaponize their victims' unique characteristics and circumstances as a way of controlling them really important thing to bring up the fact that most victims know their trafficker in some way. They're out walking among us and perhaps living what seems like a quote unquote normal life. So that's maybe even scarier to think about than this idea of, you know, stranger danger, the insidiousness of what's really going on. I think it's important to mention here as an example of the way that common misconception, like the prevalence of kidnapping and trafficking, can change the way that we approach the issue and how we go about identifying and, and combating it, especially in the context of our program, Busing on the Lookout, where we're working as part of our jobs to get school bus drivers trained. Can you talk about what are some of those conspiracy theories that have circulated in recent years and even recent months? Sure. Yeah, there have been some highly publicized conspiracies recently. So totally baseless claims like an online furniture retailer selling expensive cabinets as a front for trafficking children or politicians running a child sex trafficking ring at a pizza restaurant or members of the global elite being involved in a satanic cannibalistic cult that abducts and traffics children. You know, these are all examples of stories that have gained a huge following without any credible evidence. What we at TAT know from our work is that none of these sensationalistic theories reflect the reality of what this crime tends to look like or what the plight of victims tends to be. And the problem is, is that if you think that these sensationalistic theories is what trafficking looks like, you're not going to recognize it when it's right in front of you. I think that's so important to lift up, Annie. And in addition to that potential harm, we've also seen examples in the past where the panic that's induced by some of these conspiracy theories ends up overwhelming the services that are really meant to be there to help victims and people who have you know, immediate needs with the Wayfair story, the National Human Trafficking Hotline actually received so many calls that wait times were just skyrocketing. So the unfortunate result is that those callers who were meaning well by making that call were actually causing harm by blocking victims from being able to access resources via the hotline. 
And traffickers love this, right? Because then the story is getting out there is not talking about them. It's not talking about what they look like and what they're doing. It is not giving people information to be able to acknowledge the work that they're doing. And so where are people hearing this information? Why is it gaining so much traction? And why is it growing so quickly? Well, you know, I'll jump in to comment briefly on the the psychology of conspiracy theories. The most concise description I've seen in my research came from Karen Douglas, who's a social psychologist at the University of Kent, who explained that conspiracy theories tend to emerge when there's some kind of crisis or tragedy or conflict that we're afraid of, but have trouble understanding and desperately want explanations for. And then the conspiracy story has these dramatic elements of good versus evil, innocent victims and terrifying villains, complex plots, moral lessons. And then by capturing the public imagination, people will then gravitate toward these sensationalized explanations to help them feel in control or even less vulnerable. And then where the danger even becomes greater with this and where they begin to escalate is where fact and fiction start to become harder to decipher. So the conspiracies spread so quickly that people enter this feedback loop. And the more they're discussed, the more legitimate they seem and the harder they are to unravel. So conspiracy theories are not a new phenomenon, but it really is the pace with which they can spread in the 21st century. And that's largely because of technology, which I will pass it to Lexi to discuss. Yeah, I mean, we see it play out on social media all the time. Social media can be a great tool to educate and raise awareness, can also be a tool for spreading misinformation really quickly. Because anyone can make a post on social media, right, with any information or misinformation. And if it takes off on social media, eventually it's nearly impossible to track the source. Uh, In this day and age, having a lot of likes and shares is often considered a sign of truth or reliability. And so this misinformation really does start to spread like wildfire. A few weeks ago, there was this news story about an operation in Georgia that recovered 39 missing children. And so the press release title was, U.S. Marshals Find 39 Missing Children in Georgia. The posts immediately started flying around about how 39 children were recovered from the back of a double-wide trailer, and they were all a part of an underground child trafficking ring. The truth was actually that these 39 recoveries were the result of a much longer investigation. The children were not all found in one location. They were actually specific high-risk children that had gone missing that these officers were trying to track down intentionally. So the double-wide trailer story was eventually debunked, but the unfortunate consequence is that with it, the entire story was squashed. So now we've also lost this information about these at-risk children who often go unseen that sensational story that spread like wildfire overshadowed what the truth is and what was really going on. The, the truth isn't as, as sexy as you know these conspiracy theories, but in reality, it doesn't mean that it's any less urgent. It's just really a matter of if you think this is what trafficking looks like, you're not going to recognize it when it's right in front of your face. Yeah. I remember early on in my work in the anti-trafficking world, someone I knew was writing this book about volunteering. And I felt like they needed to write this book because they had heard so much that people in their circles were deciding not to volunteer, weren't motivated, unless it was this extravagant thing. Unless it was this, like, tomorrow I'm moving to Costa Rica, I'm giving up everything I'm doing, and that's going to be worth it. But to, like, 
go and mentor a youth like once a week just doesn't feel big enough. The title of the book was like how to be a low key hero or something like that, because <laughs> it was the idea of like it feels like you have to be Superman and you're flying through the streets and you're saving everyone when the reality is each one of us doing our little part that makes that difference. As we were talking earlier about so many people flooding the hotline with their calls, one, I'm really glad that people were like engaged and wanting to call and report right on one hand, but it's what are we reporting? How do we know that we're using the right time and the right information to report? You're right. Like we can see that obviously if they're flooding the hotlines, there are people out there that want to do the right thing. But that's why we have to be talking about the conspiracy theories and the misinformation. So people that are motivated to do something are able to do the right thing with the right information. So on that note, then how are we finding that right information? How do we know it's accurate? How do we share that then the real information? I think just Generally speaking, you know, even beyond human trafficking, that we all need to be savvier consumers of information. You know, there's just so much coming at us all the time and sifting through what's fact, what's fiction. It gets more difficult all of the time. And, you know, one of the recommendations of resources that I have for you all is on the Common Sense Media website, which is a wonderful nonprofit organization that's dedicated to the digital well-being of children. It has some good tips on um, media literacy. Ask who created it and then ask why did they create it? Was it to inform or to persuade? And then question, you know, who is this message for? What techniques are being used to make it credible? Does it have statistics from a reputable source? What are its sources? And then finally question what they've omitted. You know, what details were left out? Why were those details left out? I think that, you know, if we all can evaluate our information sources with a heightened bit of critical analysis, the things that we each accept as truth are far more likely to be grounded in reality and not in harmful myths or conspiracies. On the TAT website, we actually have a page under resources that lists related websites about human trafficking. And that's a great list to start with for organizations. I would say definitely when it comes to social media, seeking out the trusting sources. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We are constantly posting information and resources. So seek out the anti-trafficking organizations that have been working in this space and are respected voices in the field. So Polaris, who runs the National Human Trafficking Hotline, is a great example of a good source to trust, to follow, to get information from. I think that's where you start. Bringing this home to our listening audience, the professional driver, it is imperative that you stay well informed so that you can indeed recognize human trafficking when you see it. Traffickers probably love these conspiracy theories because they confuse members of the general public, which allows them to operate with greater impunity. This is why our app, which you can download from any app store by searching for Truckers Against Trafficking, provides the signs to look for and the questions to ask a potential victim. Signs like multiple victims going from truck to truck knocking on doors offering sexual services, or the young woman who talks about needing to make a quota, or describing that controlling boyfriend figure in her life who forces her into prostitution or says she just needs to do this so they can make ends meet. The reality is a lot of these victims are at-risk youth, vulnerable to predators and exploitation through poverty or abuse in their home, or simply because they met the wrong guy who convinced them that this is what love looks like. Regardless, 
These individuals need your help. They need you to care enough to take a second look and make that call on their behalf. In doing so, you will help stop the perpetuation of this all-too-real crime and set the record straight on how to really make a difference out there. And to all the actual truckers against trafficking already out there, thank you, as you truly are helping to drive freedom. <laughs>